Hello and welcome to the Sparkle Hour, a fun and feisty podcast for empowered women and woke menfolk. Join us as we pull back the veil to reveal how we are taking control of our life stories and creating a movement of positive change. I'm Michelle Lewis. And I'm Nicole Lewis-Kieber. And if you're ready to feel, laugh, and heal, this podcast is for you. Hello. Hello. This is so cool. It sounds like Rambo. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Rambo the podcat keeps saying hello. Oh my God. It's right after he eats breakfast and right after I go to bed, he starts yelling hello. (laughs) (laughs) So we actually have a really special episode today, Nicole, and I'm super stoked about it. I am too. I can't wait. (laughs) Without any further ado, let's, (laughs) let's, let's take it away. So (laughs) here goes the cat. Wow. Um, I know. So this season, we thought it would be fun to include some interviews featuring you, our listeners, and to learn more about how you're sparkling that shit out, right? Yes, because you know, we believe in creating a ripple of healing. And that's not just limited to our guest experts, but it is a powerful movement taking place. It's in the lives of people just like you guys every day. Mm -hmm. So today we are talking with Angela Todd. Yes, and she's literally on the side of the road. So if you are eighteen wheelers, so Angela hitchhiking. I'm not hitchhiking today. No, no. So we're so excited, and you're here. Thank you for being here. And I just want you to tell us a little bit about what the Sparkle Hour means to you. And then give us a little bit of information about who you are so our listeners know know you. Because we know you, but we let other people to know too. Okay. Well, let me get me out of the way so that I can gush about you. (laughs) I am a recovering academic. (laughs) I spent almost 20 years in academic and science archives trying to add women to the, you know, the documents of history. Thank you. And, you know, believe it or not, I saw no change in how history was told. So I left that regime to work on telling people's histories. So I'm a family historian. I do oral histories digitally. So you can talk to your grandma in another state or you can get all your siblings together no matter where they are. And I'm happy to work with anybody that wants to reach out or I'm also excited to find a place for your family papers to be permanently housed because I feel very strongly that the documents of history so far have been collected either by government or corporate groups or individuals who decide their stuff is important. So I'm on a mission to, as somebody put it this weekend, oh, I see, you're just going to rewrite history. Or maybe you record it accurately with all voices being heard for a damn change. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my God, I love that. I love it. I'm very excited to be here. I feel a little bit like afraid that it's the Wizard of Oz and now I get to see the back end of all the love and rippling that I've been such a fan of for so long. (laughs) There's nothing to see behind the curtain. Don't worry. (laughs) That is damn true. (laughs) It's pretty much just a a loud, annoying cat and two cousins who giggle a whole hell of a lot and talk deep. Oh, you guys make my day every time. (laughs) 
every time. Thank you so much. So you have had some pretty firsthand insight, especially in our first two seasons about how the sparkle hour like comes to be, because for those who don't know this, Angela did our show notes for the first two seasons and got to hear like our, our episodes before they went live. So tell us a little bit what that was like for you. And yeah. How was that? (laughs) It it was like a kid in a candy store. And I felt like, oh, I've reached some kind of nirvana that I'm getting paid to listen to these women and take notes on their awesome shit. It's, it's, I feel like if I had any little tiny part in the world healing that you two are about to embark on, I will consider myself having lived a good life. (laughs) Oh, that is so sweet. That's really super sweet. Your encouragement has always meant so much. And the funny, yeah, it has the funny things that you say about them are so awesome. And, you know, I, I don't know if people know this about you, but you, you have done some transcribing and that's, you know, there's some things that you do there, which is why you were doing our notes for us because you're very skilled at that too. You're skilled at a lot of things. Thank you. (laughs) But we got the added extra bonus of seeing, you know, your, your reaction to it. It's not just notes and here's the data. It was your reactions and your encouragement. And that I, I tell you, it really gave us a lot of support and courage to continue, you know, so we want to thank you, your support too, along the way. Absolutely. I mean, it it really felt like, it felt like you were giving us a green light and like you were this kind of supersized cheerleader for us. And it was really, really empowering for us to continue moving forward and, and continuing with the dialogue and continuing to just, you know, make this podcast a reality and not just a a little dream in, in a couple of heads. So I'm a little choked up, I have to say. So thank you very much. And I have to say that, you know, my background, my undergrad degrees in women's studies and my women's studies director told me, you know, in the sixties in feminism, we knew the most important job in the room was to be the secretary taking the notes because that's what records what gets said. And I feel like making the podcast notes for the two of you, I've wanted so much to capture the funniest part or find the ripple thread that goes all the way through, right? Because you're both so good at coming back to the healing part of your job. I mean, you're on this earth, I think, to heal us. And you do always come back to that. And I love this project so, so much. It really was an honor to be able to do that little part of it. Well, now we're, now we're up like now. <laughs> it's us. See her on, on camera. You would see her crying. She's always Are her eyes oh, leaking? I made her that. eyes leak. <laughs> They're just gratitudes falling from my eyes. Yay. Yay. <laughs> it's sweet. And so we thank you for that. And we thank you for, you know, driving a distance to come to our Sparkle Hour Happy Hour and and it does. It's not just about us. It's, it's about you. And it's about what you have to say as well. And so we want to give you, you know, some space and some time you know, to talk about. Is, is there something that we've talked about that's resonated with you that you want to add to the conversation? Yes, many, many things. But, I, you know, I was thinking about this interview on my drive. And I'm older than you girls, I think. So I was, I'm old enough to have gone through the John Bradshaw years of self-help where we went to giant stadiums and sat around and paired off and cried to each other about how terrible our parents were. 
<laughs> and <laughs> then <awesome>. what <laughs> happens next though, right? So yeah. okay, I've done the I've done the inventory of them and of me. You guys came along at the perfect time to model the next step after that. And so what I love about it, one episode, you guys were using a reading analogy and it really resonated so strongly. And you said something like you just put a bookmark on in it and you keep going. Like you don't stay stuck on that page and read that over and over again so that the narrative doesn't stop there. You keep going and developing and growing with that, like having read it. So it's in the back of your mind, but you can move forward in the plot of your life. Wow. This is so you cool. Said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's really cool though to to kind of be able to sit and 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 hear reflected back to us, you know, what kind of healing is being channeled through us because it's not ideas that we're just kind of coming up with, you know. I feel like we're we're at a, p- a place and in a position to be open to having hard conversations and and not staying stuck in a place, but really with like a quest and a desire to move forward and to create healing and to present a stronger, more powerful community of people who are here to make a difference in this world, you know, and like that all sounds so big and lofty, but this is how that shit happens. You know, this is how that shit gets started. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and what I also like about you too, your podcast is the emphasis on healing And so I can get on Facebook and read, you know, a steady stream of platitudes, but to really go deep and talk about, like, one time Nicole came in and she was like, I think I had a big reaction to something. And you Mm -hmm. talked it through and, you know, so we got to see processing in action in a way that is like, for you two to be able to model publicly giving up your ego and being committed to the healing, not to like saving face or being perfect or perky or whatever, (laughs) I think is so, but it's so real and beautiful, you know, like you can't heal if you're not willing to own your own shit. And that's really hard to do, but you model that for us. Wow. I never thought of it that way. (laughs) I'm sorry. We've got got the Amen Choir in the background here (laughs) of Rambo the podcast. He approves of this message. Hello. Yeah. I want him for my ringtone. <laughs> I can arrange for that. <laughs> that was so wonderful. What I, I have like a, a kind of a side question. So with the oral history that you're doing with families and your curiosity and that, that like feminist background you have around this, how do you see what you're doing with these families contributing to healing within the families and, and changing the language and, and letting all the people who played the part be in the story? How is that working for you and the people you're working with? Well, so first of all, I counsel my families, we're making a public document. So an oral history is meant to be shared, right? So it's not a place to reveal something to somebody, right? So -hmm. they come to it. One of the most riveting ones I've done, I did one interview with three people, two ex-wives and the last living child. And the dad, well, according to one of the wives, he felt like a failure. He wanted to be rich and famous. He never made it quite that far. And he always had this yearning. He moved a lot. He had started a film company. He taught himself to be an art restoration person. He dealt drugs for a while to keep the family fed, on and on. You know, bi-coastal moves back and forth. I think he was married four or five times. 
But for them to all come together and see him as stuck with this yearning, right? And to have each of them weigh in as to how that played out for them, it gave all three of them insight into kind of a more holistic picture. And he's sort of in our conversation, you know, the, a little anger came up, a lot of wistfulness. But we, I feel like we kind of kept him from that failure in a way because some of his projects we're going to try to bring to fruition by having his papers placed in an archive. He did some, he played the banjo and he did some recording in Appalachia with some, just, you know, independent, small bluegrass groups. Mm-hmm. So if that project can be housed somewhere, then it goes from being a failure to being the documents of history. This is fascinating. I think I might have. No, no, you didn't. That is so amazing. And and again, see, that's that modeling and that reframing of this could be seen as a lot of a lot of different projects that didn't come to fruition or it could be seen as failure or it's the journey of a life, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I think that's fascinating. Yeah. And it seems like in what you have done with that is you've taken him from a caricature of a man to somebody who is incredibly nuanced and people could have a higher level of compassion for him and share in a little bit of his pain and his angst, because don't we all have some of that in us, you know, a striving and a desire to be seen, to be heard, to, to have some level of success that is meaningful to us and, and how painful that can feel when we don't know that that's been acknowledged or seen. And here you've been able to gather people to really proclaim that and really humanize him in a way that maybe hadn't been done before. I, I hope so. And I don't, I try to let things unfold as they come, but I do pre-interviews with the families before we talk so that we can kind of get a handle on, you know, he left a lot behind. So they're mm-hmm. trying to piece together a timeline to organize it. But in the course of that, a lot of, I think a lot of healing happened. And another story that's very near to my heart is another woman who has a lot of real anger against her mom. And as she was sort of recounting her childhood or her, you know, or whatever, we talked about her mom and being forced into marriage, being forced to have the child. You know, back in the 60s, things were different. Mm -hmm. And so she said to me at the end, you know, I I have been so angry. I have not been able to see her as a person, but talking through it as a history makes it feel a little different. It's very therapeutic, isn't it? I hope so, yeah. I feel like my aim is shifting a little bit, right? So at first I was thinking, oh, I want to get women's voices in. I want to, you know... I have a strong bent towards racial justice. I want to get African-American family stories preserved, working class stories preserved. But as I've gone through this process with people, my emphasis is kind of shifting a little to how that feels to the individual that's doing the process. It's very interesting. Well, when you give, a, when you give an opportunity or as a container, as our friend Patrice likes Patrice. to say. Patrice. Oh, Patrice. I love that. Yes. <laughs> When you give a container for people to uh, show up, use their voice, and for what they have to say to matter in some kind of way, I think healing is inevitable. Oh, I love that. I can't wait to go back and listen to this podcast and steal it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, Angela, you know that we're all about empowerment, and we love to hear how people get their sparkle on and sparkle some shit out. So, 
Tell us a little bit about what that has looked like in your life for this past year. Well, yet another thing that I do love about the Sparkle Hour is that y'all don't chastise. So you (laughs) probably do know that I like to get my drink on. And so I do go out very regularly every Tuesday night with my girls. And we have mom's night out. And that's that's always Sparkle Hour. I know you've asked people in the past, like, do you have a special time of day? You know, I think for you got one of you, it is dusk. And Mm -hmm. so although I I don't feel like I slow down enough to sparkle every day, (laughs) damn it, on Tuesday nights, it's all fireworks. Awesome. Uh, How long have you been doing that? I think seven or eight years. That is so rad. And is it pretty much the same crew of ladies getting together all those seven or eight years or have you seen some kind of carousel happening there or tell us more both so it's my neighbor and she and I go out every week and you know over the years some nights it's some years it's been this night some years it's been that night but my neighbor on the other side we always say hey we're going out on Wednesday and so you know women come when they can they come if you pour it we will drink I love you. <laughs> uh, that is so neat. And like, what a like tight and special sparkly community that has created. You know, it's, it's a wonderful constant to look forward to. And, you know, you really get to get a little more in depth with each other in their lives when you've got something that's regular like that. And, and it's just fun and supportive and, you know, silly. And I hope there's dancing on tables from time to time. Please tell me. This. There's not, there's a lot of hysterical laughter though. There's starting to be a little bit of pants wedding. You know, we're getting older. <laughs> Icon undies are your friend. Driver. <laughs> I'm not going to say who, or maybe it's all of us. We're all of a certain age, Mm -hmm. but we have a designated driver and we've both noticed that the rest of the family bends over backwards to make sure it happens. So we think that when it doesn't happen, even though we don't intend to, we make them pay. So funny. That's hysterical. (laughs) So what's on the mind of the ladies that you're sparkling some shit out with on Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights? What's on their mind? It's actually a lot of family life, right? Like they're not listening. We can't decide something. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of politics talk between my closest neighbor and I. We're on the same page about a lot of things, but not all the women that jump in have the same politics, but Mm -hmm. we... I mean, I feel really committed to face-to-face contact with people. And I think that's the only way we're going to come to consensus about what's important as a country or as a sex or as a species. So, yeah, politics, family, same thing. Kind of like what Brene Brown says in Braving the Wilderness. Oh, she just reached for the book. That's amazing. Uh, People are hard to hate I haven't read it. I haven't read it. Okay, we're going to give you a quick spoiler alert. One of her themes is people are hard to hate close up, lean in. in. Yeah. 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 So moving closer. You know, people are on to that. My daughter's in the fifth grade and they're doing a fifth grade wide ballroom dance project. And she is so angry about it because she's very anti-boy right now. But it is actually an anti-bullying exercise because you can't be face-to-face, hand-in-hand, and and dislike each other is their theory. That's yeah. very interesting. I love that you I know, are, right? They, I love this because, well, like she says, well, she also says in fear, speak truth to bullshit, be civil, and hold hands with strangers. So... Ah. <laughs> 
I love that they're kind of getting a bullying activity, but they're, it's uh, triggering other things for them. That's so funny because we're yeah. so separate now. We're trying to, we're moving so far away from each other. The fact that we're, that they're doing that is kind of cool. And the fact that your happy hour, your mom's night out is modeling what Brene's talking about in her book. Oh, I have a secret confession to make that I've never told anybody before. I am jealous of Brene Brown. Me too. I feel like I'm pretty hot shit, but I she's one. There aren't many, but she's one person that I think, damn, why didn't I stay the path and become her? <laughs> Who knew that academia could lead you to a TED Talk and Oprah? <laughs> yeah. You know, right, right. Angela, I actually yeah, look she's... forward to the day that you give a TED talk, especially talking about oral history and and just all the wonderful work that you're doing. I feel like it's a story that needs to be told louder and farther and wider. Thank you. I feel the same way. I feel very strongly about it. I was at a retreat over the weekend and one of the women shared her experience going through mm, some like redistricting of the schools in her area and sort of big politics working out in the city that she lived in, right? Yeah. And even though it was 40 years ago, she still has really strong feelings about it and her story was really gripping. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel strongly that as we move forward as a country and make decisions that get played out on the ground by individuals, we need to hear about the repercussions of what we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's not, we can't compartmentalize things and we, we need to see it. And as long as I've known you, that storytelling piece has been very important and having a place for women to share their story has been very important. And also, you know, having a place for moms to just, you know, not be beat up, so to speak, you know, uh, just to, you know, to have, have a, have a voice, have a place and to kind of get rid of some of that mom guilt and some of that mom shame and blaming it, blaming and that blaming game that's happening right now. So I've, I've loved that's, seeing how your journey has converged into this place that you are now because it feels so aligned and it feels so powerful. And when I read your blog post, I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I haven't even dropped the F-bomb yet. Let's see if I can. So yeah, moms are on the hook for everything. And I feel like you know, when some high school kid shoots up the cafeteria, everybody turns and looks at the mom, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not about gun laws or mental health access or blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and studies are showing that kids that know their family history have more emotional strength and resilience. And I have two kids. One is 14 and one is 10. And as a parent, I always worry that I'm doing the right thing. But emotional health is something that's very hard to force on a child. <laughs> I don't know that it can be done. Not- you know, you can't really force it on them. It's, it's exactly it's such a thing that has to be developed and nurtured and fucking just reworked exactly. over and over again daily. And you, you, you think like, all right, we've got a handle on this. All right, we're moving together in, in a positive direction. And then, you know, you find them licking the window or something stupid, you know, and you're like, what the fuck? What am I missing here? Yeah. <laughs> What, what do I need to do? Like, oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's hard to instill and it's hard to measure. And you're on the, I mean, as the mom, we're on the hook, right? If there's yeah. something that's gone awry, everybody gives us the side eye. 
<laughs> and I want to say, you know, bring the family into it. That doesn't mean you have to go to your mom's house, but you can tell the stories about, you know, the alcoholic grandfather who was a rum runner or, you know, the things that your family's already overcome. I have one client that has gone from sharecropping to the Ivy League in wow. five generations or whatever. Those stories can empower your kids and give them, you know, a kind of example of possibility that's genetically possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like reading mm -hmm. a library book about somebody that's not connected to you. So I think one way to let mom off the hook, that's always been my task, I think, as I've been in the public sphere, is to is to call in your story. Mm. I love this. I love this so much. Aww. Call in your story. Yeah, I feel like we're going to need to do another Angela episode. I feel like that is absolutely... <laughs> the case because I want to hear more about storytelling. I want, I want to be able to have Angela share like some tips on how people can do that better and like how to get started with that in their own lives and families. And then of course we want to figure out how people can connect with her. Mm -hmm. So I think we'll be doing that if you're up for it, Angela. Oh, I, 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 I hear myself unable to stop talking. <laughs> so I, I think I'm, I think I'm excited too. So there's but more story in you. This. There's a lot more story in me. I want to bring it back to the sparkle hour for a minute though, because what you two are doing is that, you know that, right? What? We're doing what? You're calling and you're calling in your story oh, gotcha. and you're sharing it with all of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. You're, and doing, how you're doing the thing. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> We're enjoying I, it. There's that. Yeah. I think we well, are. It's phenomenal. Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. Like I'm a little like, oh my God, this is so powerful. All right. So <laughs> don't be, don't be scared. Don't be don't scared be... of the power. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, it's just a story. Don't be afraid. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. So before we end today, what is one thing that you want people to take away or that you want to encourage people to remember? you know, just to help us get through the day, you know, what's one little thing? Give us a nugget. Well, I think the one little thing is to talk. Mm -hmm. Tell your story when you feel safe and talk. So I encourage people to talk over dinner. I love your podcast. I think storytelling is really powerful because it gives a kind of rational shape to things that may feel um, irrational. So that's, that would be my thing. Talk. I Thank like you. it. I like it a lot. Angela, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, my. Well, my website is AngelaLTodd.com, and there's a place on there that you can click and get five prompts in your email to talk through your family history over dinner. I'll take mm. you through a work week. That's fantastic. And that's Todd with two Ds. Yes, T-O-D-D. -D. And we're yes. going to include that in our show notes for all of you fabulous listeners. So you will be able to have a link to Angela's website. And you can get in touch with her and get those five free talking points. Aw, thank you. You're welcome. Well, you girls are amazing. And I feel like you've changed my world hugely. And I'm in lockstep behind you. And I want to do anything I can to elevate you and spread your word and spread the healing. I think the ripple is what's going to save us all. We can't oh. agree more. Thank you so much, Angela. This has been such a joy and such a treat. And we're so, so, so grateful for you and what you have brought oh. to just support this podcast, support this movement. 
and just what you bring to this world. It's a, it's a much richer and more beautiful place with you in it. So thank you. Oh, and also with you. So. Wow. How that was awesome. That, that was amazing. I love her. We, we love her. She's powerful. And so she needs to come back, not as a fan, but as a uh, star, right? Yeah, absolutely. I want to hear more about her, her storytelling expertise and, and the path that got her there. Super mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Well, I think we're both emotional at this point. So I guess we need to wrap this up some way, right? <laughs> I feel like that's true. Like, I, I feel like I just need a big hug right now. <laughs> so cosmic hug from West Coast to East Coast coming out. Yeah, bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you guys. As always, check out our show notes for anything that we've talked about today at www.thesparklehour.com. Join us on our Facebook page, The Sparkle Hour. And in our in our Facebook page, we even have private, fun, and very free group called When in Doubt, Sparkle That Shit Out. Absolutely. Join us there because we are doing book club with Danielle Laporte's White Hot Truth book. A lot of really good conversations are happening and it's really just still really as a hub for us. So uh, if you're a fan, you need to be in there. Absolutely. It's free. All you have to do is ask and we'll, we'll add you in and super easy peasy. We're not annoying unless you think this is (laughs) annoying. Then this is, it's more of this, but just in written form. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Love it. All right. Well, love you. West coast. Love you. East coast. All right. Sparkle hour out, right? (laughs) Yes. When in doubt, we're going to sparkle some shit out. Right. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sparkle Hour. Today's episode was brought to you by Nicole Lewis Keeper Coaching and the Blessings Butterfly. To learn more about the topics discussed today, please visit our website at www.thesparklehour.com. And remember, when in doubt, sparkle that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs>